0: Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from somewhere in the western half of Canada. Episode 63, Yarn Snob. When I say the words yarn snob, people in our community generally get an image of the type of person I'm talking about. I think at some point in our yarn lives, many of us have said it about ourselves, either in a humorous or self-deprecating way, or as an explanation. When we use this term, we might be talking about our preferences for natural fibers or hand-dyed yarns. Maybe we're explaining why we shop exclusively at local yarn shops instead of big box stores. The reason for applying the term are as various and individual as we are. I have even used it to describe myself in the past, but I'm not doing that anymore, and I'd like to tell you why. When I began as a fibre artist, I was very young. I didn't know much about yarn, and even less about different types of yarn. I started out by crocheting placemats. I got a pattern and yarn from Mary Maxim, some kind of hard-wearing straight nylon that came in cones and was used doubled. When I finished those, I crocheted the same pattern again in red heart acrylic, learning in the process about how the weight of a yarn can make a difference in the size of a finished product and the size of tool you need to use. I did a lot of cross-stitch in this period, too, and slowly found myself branching out from Ida to even weaves and linens from regular DMC floss to experimenting with specialty threads. Then came knitting, starting with an acrylic blanket and fun fur scarves and wondering why anyone would spend $30 on a single skein of yarn, to beginning to understand the appeal of shawls and socks, natural fibers, hand-dyed yarns, and then eventually throwing down over $100 for yarn for a sweater. Shortly after I began considering myself an actual knitter, I started calling myself a yarn snob. I shuddered to think of my beginnings in red heart and fun fur and attempted to wipe away that stain by working with wools and silks and beautifully dyed yarns. I learned to knit lace and found my passion. Then I discovered spinning and learned so much more about natural fibers, yarn construction and suitable end uses. I found myself leaning even harder away from synthetics, big box stores and my beginnings as a fiber artist. And then I became a teacher. When you want to share something you love, something you're passionate about, and that has had such a huge impact on your life with other people, it really clarifies the essence of the thing for you. What I began to realize was that doing fiber arts is an act, a process, that has nothing at all to do with the type of fiber you're using. The enjoyment comes from creating something with your hands that is either what you were intending, or sometimes a complete surprise that is still usable and sometimes just an object lesson that you then tear back to yarn in order to create something else. The term yarn snob excludes people from our community. It can be used to divide us, to divine cliques, to create a false definition of what constitutes a quote-unquote proper knitter or crocheter, spinner or weaver. And it is a lie. In the last several months, There have been a lot of discussions on Instagram about division and exclusion within the fibre arts community. Most of these discussions have focused on racism, which, given the current world climate, is only natural. We live in a world where people are divided by cultural background and physical appearance, where the amount of melatonin in our skin determines people's attitudes towards us even before they speak to us. People are mistreated, hurt, even killed every day because of racism. And being part of one marginalized group, like being a woman, does not necessarily make a person immune to behaving in atrocious ways towards members of a different marginalized group. In this time of so many divisions, of so much hate and horror and judgment and death, we need to do the work to change our community to one that is actually inclusive, not one that just says the right words but doesn't follow through with action. Ravelry has banned patterns and speech in support of the current president of the United States. Yarn shops, designers, and magazines are being deliberate and clear about the actions they are taking to be properly representative of our community. People are signal-boosting designers and dyers of color and are calling out those who only pay lip service to the idea of diversity. And then there are others who will either attack those who are speaking out or who say, I don't care about politics, I just want to get back to knitting. Me, I can't just get back to knitting. I want to do the work to change our community, to bring down barriers to safety and entry that exist so that the joy I have found here is available to everyone. It's going to take a lot of work from a lot of people to do that. But for my part, I'm going to start with the term yarn snob. Words that cause people to feel marginalized or that can be used to make a person feel superior to another, have no place in an inclusive community. So I pledge to never use the term again, and to have a discussion with anyone who uses it in my hearing about why they're using it, and why they should stop. What I do next, I'm not sure. But this is my first step towards creating the community I know we can be. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Oh my lord, did I ever get sick. I recorded the last episode on Sunday, two Sundays ago, and promptly was in bed for an entire week. I did not get up until the following Monday, and even then I lay down on the couch in the office here a couple times that Monday going, I am just dying. And you can probably hear it still in my voice. I am still fighting off whatever it was i got so that's been fun i lost a whole week of productivity it was uh really unpleasant i never usually when i get sick i'm, I'm in bed for four days and then i kind of I transition from completely miserable to kind of bored never did i never got to the bored part i literally went from miserable to back out back at at work so and I'm still, I'm still fighting it. I really found my energy levels are are low um, by the evening. I'm still not hungry. I've I've missed a couple lunches because I haven't gotten hungry. Like, ugh, this when I get sick is when I really feel my fibromyalgia coming out. But that's enough about me. Uh, just explaining why I'm a little stuffed up and why I might cough in your ear. <coughs> why I might cough in your ear. Apologize for that. I got my wheel back, my Lendrum. Um, we went and picked it up yesterday, had a, a really lovely discussion with the people at the fiberworks Studio in Madeira Park here on the, on the Sunshine Coast. Looks like they want to run a Master Spinner Level 1 sometime in the spring, so we'll see if I get to teach that. I am I am the closest instructor, so it's a, it's probable that I'll be teaching Level 1 for them. I'm also teaching Level 2 in Nova Scotia at the end of August. That one is a go, so I'm now under the eight ball to get ready for that. I'm, I'm desperately searching for Uh, alpaca fiber and llama fiber and getting my PowerPoint ready and I'll be ready it'll it'll come but uh, but it's definitely going to take a lot of work really quickly to get all the supplies together but I'm really looking forward to going out there to the east coast and and teaching at Gaelic College so uh, so there's still room in the course if you need your level two and you're on the eastern seaboard Gaelic College uh, I will put a a link to uh, to it in the show notes and uh, and come and see me come and come and visit. Which means I need to really get into my Lendrum and, and uh figure out how to use it as a teaching wheel. So I'm gonna start with the Angora study. I'll start with probably doing some blending, making some Rolex. I have to see what's going on in level two. Obviously Angora is not in level two, but there is there is still some blending, spinning with alpaca. I do have some alpaca, so I may pull that out and, and uh and throw that on the on the wheel and just uh, see how that all goes. And I'm also going to do the math for all of my flyers on the Lendrum just to, to make sure that I know what my ratios are. Uh, one of my level three students, when I, when I visited her, she had done all the math for every single TPI. So she knew which ratio to use, what her draft length was, or her make length was, and, uh, and how many treadles. That was a really good idea. I'm going to do that for my Lendrum. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll figure that out for all of the different flyers. So that's where I'm going to start there. Uh, I'm also going to be teaching a a, a little wet felted ornament course in at the local library here in November. So I'm gonna get ready for that, make up a, a handout and uh, and some examples. so that should be really fun. but uh, but yeah, that's where i'm where I'm at. I uh, losing that week was really unfortunate because I do have a lot of stuff to get done. But uh, but I'm back to it now, and uh, like I said, I'm starting to feel better. So, you know, just going to focus on getting ready for that level two, and uh, and getting to know my Lundrum so that uh, that it's ready to go when I have to go at the end of August. All right, so we've finished off level three last time. Um, we're going to talk about level four. Level four starts with luxury fibers, and it is a very fun. Level because you get to play with all these wonderful, beautiful fibers. So, module A one is bison. So, bison is uh, obviously a North American animal. They actually have four coats of fiber, but the one that we generally find in spinning is the down. Um, if you find a commercial bison fin- spinning fiber, if you happen to, you know get a bison from a ranch and you get the, the um, hide along with it, you can shave off the bison, but you will have to hand pick the down out because they do have the four coats. Bison is a very short fiber. So if you want to get started with that, you want to practice your cotton because in a lot of ways you spin it very similarly to cotton. You can spin it from the cloud, but you're going to spin it woolen because it is so short. You'll also want to full it a little bit. You don't necessarily full cotton, but because it's an animal fiber with those scales, it will felt just a little. So so you want to full your yarn. Now I spun two yarns uh, out of bison. One was 100% and the other one was a blend. And those were the requirements for level four when I took it. So my blend was a 50-50 bison down and merino. The reason that I chose this, because bison is brown, very dark brown. So if you blend it with a white fiber, you can lighten the color that will make it easier to dye. But I chose the merino because again, shorter staple fiber, also very fine, just like the bison down. I lost a couple marks um, or half marks because of variation in the grist of my yarn. It's a, woolen, it's a woolen spin, so you, you, there's going to be some expected variation, but you, when you're spinning it, you should try and pull out those big slubs just so that, you know, the, the slubs then become a weak point. You know, even though you're folding it, they'll still be a little weaker and, you know, more prone to pilling. So bison yarn's very warm, so you'll want to use them for things for the winter, a hat, wrist warmers. Something, but again, you're going to spin it very fine, so you know something lacy and and just really beautiful. But bison is bison is a lot of fun to spin, and if you can get it, um, I highly recommend trying it out. So that's level four. The next module will be A two, which we talk about camel, and there's a bit more to talk about here because uh, there's uh, there's there's more skeins in the camel section. So we'll do that in the next episode. And in the meantime, like I said, I'm going to go hard on getting ready for level two. Stay tuned. Fibre notes. Some people, when they get sick, they can like sit in bed and knit or... You know, I have my hands, and so I could put that on my bed and spin, but not me. By about the fifth day I tried to knit, it uh, made me sweat, so I stopped. Uh, it was like literally a cardio workout for me. The next day I tried again, realized that I had made a mistake the first day. I was working on the, my little hand towel where I've uh, reverse engineered the pattern. Simple pattern, but I still made a mistake. So I had to tear back, by the time I realized I'd made the mistake, I'd knit about six rows. So I had to tear back like ten rows. And then I re-knit the yarn. By the time I re-knit all of the yarn, I couldn't see straight. So I put it down again. Uh, Yeah, so my productivity has been a little low because of the, the cold. But I did try and salvage my tour de fleece uh, this week. I've spun every single day, um, either at the office or at home. And as a result, I got about two-thirds done the second half of the wedding shawl yarn. I've got about two colors to go, two to three colors to go. And so I'll probably finish this week. Now, this today is the end of the tour de fleece. So I'm going to give myself another week since I lost one and then call that the end of my tour de fleece <laughs> because... Like I said, I, I completely lost that week. So, will I get it plied by the end? Maybe. Next Sunday, it's possible. You know, I, I do, with, with the, the, the short notice for the Level 2 class, I do have a lot to get done and not a lot of energy yet. So, will I finish plying? Not sure. But but I think I'm going to be definitely be close. I will definitely finish um, before the next episode. Uh, in addition to you know half working on the, tea, the the hand towel from time to time, I also got started again on the mittens for my nephew because I realized that his birthday is coming up, and these uh, mittens were supposed to be a uh, part of his Christmas present. Now I gave him a gift certificate at Christmas, and I said, Hey, you'll get them in February, and he did get his. The first pair in and around February, March, but they didn't fit. So now it's August and yeah, or almost August and it's really, I should really get them to him. So I read the instructions again for doing the increases. I faked it. I think it's okay the yarn is busy enough in terms of color that you can't see if i've made any errors in the pattern if it was a semi solid or a solid i would probably be a little bit more concerned about how the the, the knit pearl texture pattern looks it's not so i'm just going to call it good the the stitch count is right it it's really tight on me so he's turning 10 i am hoping they'll fit him this time so so that is good but yeah I haven't I'm um, working on much else I, uh, I'm i going to to be doing a few things I'll have to figure out what my next project will be in terms of spinning when I finish off the wedding shawl yarn but then I'll have to figure out what pattern to do for the wedding shawl I had a lovely discussion with the lady at the fiber Fiberworks studio and uh And she asked, well, what pattern are you going to use? And I said, well, it depends on my yardage, right? It's going to be a lot because it's 270 grams. But I want to find one that will be fun to do, but also one that I'm not going to take two years to complete. So that will be interesting. If anybody has any ideas for a larger lace shawl, send them my way i'd be curious to 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 see what people have done in the past that they've enjoyed but right now yeah like i said i'm just getting caught up on on life and the universe and everything so you know it, it's looking probable by the next episode i'll actually have finished three things which will be amazing and and then I'm not sure. I mean, I have, I still have a few things on the needles, but I might want to cast on something new, which would be fun. Anyway, that's what I've been working on. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see where I'm at in a couple weeks. By the Wayside. I sat down today and told you I didn't work at all on the accolade, you probably wouldn't be surprised. But I did sit down once this week and work on the accolade. I, uh, I didn't quite get done the chainmail on the knight's arm, but I got pretty close. It's a different piece of the pattern. They've they've um, they've done it in on a, in a different page. I wish they'd done all the backstitch like this, to be honest. But uh, uh, whatever. So they've they've put a very light version of uh, black and white version of the chart behind it. And then they've just shown the patterning for the chain mail. And I don't know if I'm there. There was this, this weird part where I was like, did I actually do it right? Because of course they haven't shown the whole chart. They're just showing certain pieces of it. And I thought I finished at the wrong spot, but then the other one, the other line ended up in the right spot. I have no idea. Again, I am just, um, I'm, I'm accepting that this will be what it will be and it will be as pretty as it is. And no one will ever be able to tell if I've made a mistake. That's kind of where I'm at. So I'm about half done the arm, maybe two thirds done the arm. I will get that done by the next episode and keep going, Oh, keep going. It will definitely, it's going to be a long haul, guys. I am, like I said, I'm attempting to adjust my attitude towards it, but I've got 20 years worth of not being happy with this project to get over. But I'm working on it. I'm definitely working on it. Thank you for joining me for episode 63. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 64 on August 11th, 2019. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at Fiberside, that's F-I-B-R-E, at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.